1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to begin tonight uh, in the seventh, the seventh verse. I am, uh, I'm wrestling with this a little bit tonight, spent some time on the road today thinking about this, and I must have had that look on my face. Because my wife looked over and touched me on the arm. She said, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I just want the Holy Ghost to have its way here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. If you're there, say amen. amen. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained. Before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew or the people that that held power. None of the authorities of this world knew. Because had they known it. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. People truly, you know, I don't want to get hung up here. But people talk about Jesus not being God. You know, people say he's not deity. He was just a prophet. The apostle said that the Lord of glory was crucified. The Lord of glory was crucified. How many are you glad? Aren't you glad tonight to know that Jesus is the living God? But as it is written... I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And this is usually where everybody leaves it. Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us. By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Oh, Lord. I can't hardly read this without getting all over me. Somebody shout the deep things of God. Anybody in here tired of the shallow end of the pool? I want the Holy Ghost to work in here right now. I'm going to read a little bit more of this, but I just want us to stop right there. I want us to pray for just a minute. God, you have moved on my heart. You've moved on your servant. I'm asking you, God, to make us hungry for the deep things. I pray that through this congregation right now, you'd begin to work in a way, God, that only you can be glorified for. Search our hearts tonight, God. Know us, I pray. I pray that in this very room right now, Lord, you would begin to stir up the gifts that are within us. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus right now that you would begin to stir up, God, giftings and ministries, intercessors. Oh, God, I feel you here. I pray in the name of Jesus that before we leave this house tonight, there would be a call From the deep. God where deep calleth unto deep. 
A call from the deep tonight, Lord, calling us out of the shallow end into the deep end of the things of God. I pray that you would move on the hearts of every man, woman, and child in this room. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm going to ask you tonight to help me. Leave your Bibles open, but put them down on the seat behind you because we're going to clap unto the Lord and we're going to lift our voice. If you are hungry for God and you want to go deeper tonight in his presence, I'm asking you to just lift up his name right now. Would you do that? Let's push through that a little bit. Yes. Come on. We're not just feeling time right now. There's a call from the deep things tonight. Push through your flesh just a little bit right here. Don't worry about your neighbor right now. Woo. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost tonight, you ought to let it talk through you right now. I'm talking about deep places calling you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's lift a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder what's right on the other side of your stopping point right now. You thought you were going to stop right here, but what if we push through our flesh just a little bit? I wonder what's on the other side of this right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Ah. I feel that very breath of God in this room right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm going to preach tonight if you need a subject. I'm going to preach to you tonight. I'm not waiting for heaven. I'm not waiting for heaven. As we continue reading through this, verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we have received, I wish you'd pay close attention to this right now in your Bibles. We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Why? That we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. 
Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This preaches itself. The natural man, everybody say the carnal man, receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because, why? They are spiritually discerned. See right there, Pastor, it says that man can't receive. That's not what it said. It says that a man who is carnal. A man who is carnal cannot discern it. But he, woo, he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judge of no man, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, as we go through the Word of God and we study and read the Scripture, it becomes very apparent that there is a deep place that God has called us to. There is a place that goes beyond the superficial there is a place that God desires I believe in this house tonight to take every one of us and I don't want you to be offended when I say this but just because God desires to take us there does not mean every one of us will go oh man I'm not getting started off very strong here there is a deeper place in God That God wants to take all of us, but just because God wants to take us there does not mean that we will all go there. There is something that we must understand that the apostle is trying to speak to us in this chapter. And that is that you will never understand the deep things of God standing in the shallows of carnality. You can never understand the supernatural while standing in the realm of the superficial. You're going to have to pursue after God if you're going to touch Him. As I was studying this week in this chapter and the Lord was dealing with my heart, this is one of those chapters that uh, you've heard me say in the past that people blame things on the Bible that aren't there you know people used to say all the time when I was a kid growing up well you know the Bible said God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform I was so frustrated when I found out that wasn't in the Bible because that's that's pretty good God works in mysterious ways not one of my favorites that people talk about all the times well you know the Bible said God will never put more on you than you can bear it's not there it's not in the Bible It's nowhere written in the Bible. As a matter of fact, the only place that alludes to it is dealing with temptation. You will never be tempted above what you are able. In other words, when you got the Holy Ghost, God, the Bible said there will never be a temptation that's so great that God doesn't make a way of escape. He's not talking about the pressures of life. I want to tell you why. Because when we get things on us that are more than we can bear, then we'll finally let God carry it. But this is one of those chapters, and I mean no disrespect to anybody, but this 
this that I read to you tonight, you are more than likely going to hear this at a funeral rather than a Sunday night. Because people will get up and they'll read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9. That I have not seen. Right? Ear hath not heard. Neither hath it entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And we'll talk about that at funeral. Now their eyes have finally seen. Now their ears have finally heard. Now it's finally entered into their hearts. The things that God has prepared for them. Now that they've crossed over and then we get off on this tangent. I know right now they're dancing on streets of gold. Come on now, it's tied up in here. I know there's holes in the floor of heaven and their tears are pouring down. How you know that country song? And man, we got this thing in our minds that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. But I want us to take a little bit of a... A closer look at this tonight, if we can. How many of you are willing to walk with me? Tell your neighbor tonight, I am not waiting for heaven. Now, there's something that I like to do when I'm reading the scripture. I like to look at the context of what it said. Uh, If you start reading through the scripture, you're going to find a lot of times in their conversation... That these writers are readers. They are studiers. Paul being one of them. He quotes uh, several different authors in his reading. And he'll say as you have heard it said. Or as it has been written. Jude does as well. Speaks of Enoch and uh, John. Jesus quotes other writers. They're always speaking and teaching what they're reading. Why does that matter to me? Because in this day and time that we live in, we are studied on everything but the deep things of God. But then with our mouths, we say, I want to go deeper in God. Is this all right? You ain't going to fall asleep on me because I'm slow, are you? He said, but as it is written. So that means, now walk this road with me. That means somewhere, somebody wrote what he said. Is that right? As it is written, where is it written? So as you begin to walk through this wording and phrasing, of course, we're moving more than likely. He's going to be quoting the Old Testament because the New Testament is being written. We get into the Old Testament, the Hebrew language, and we start reading where does this language come from? Where is it Paul's talking about that I have not seen or ear heard? Where did it come from? And it came from Isaiah chapter 64. This messianic prophet who spoke the things of God that were so beautiful, profound. If you get in Isaiah 64, stay with me just a minute. We'll take off in just a few minutes. But in Isaiah 64 and verse number 4, you'll see that this sounds kind of familiar. For since the beginning of the world... Men have not heard. Somebody say, ear hath not heard. They have not perceived by their ear. Neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth on him. Now, I want to read this to you in a little bit of context, if I can. It said, 
Since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived with the ear, neither had the eye seen any God besides you. Okay? That's the context of this. They have not seen any God beside you, nor what you have prepared for them that wait on you. From the beginning of time, ears couldn't perceive it. And eyes could not perceive it. But the Apostle Paul reaches back to the prophet Isaiah who said from the beginning of time, ears could not get it. And eyes could not see it. And he begins to quote, as you have heard it, where did you hear that? You heard that taught in the synagogues. You heard that spoken of as the rabbis would unfold the scroll and they would teach to you from the scroll of Isaiah. And now we have it in the 64th chapter as they would stand and they would read from the beginning of time. There's no way that ears could hear and perceive. There's no way that eyes could see and understand because there is no God like our God. He said, Isaiah said, nobody could understand the power of who he is because there's no God beside him. Nobody could ever understand the things that he has prepared for them that wait on him. Somebody say, wait on him. But the Apostle Paul said, you've heard it said like this before, that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. He said, you've heard it said that it has not entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. I don't want to hurt anybody tonight, but the Apostle Paul was not talking about heaven. He was not talking about gates of pearl. He was not talking about a street of gold. He wasn't talking about a wall of jasper. He was talking about the deep places in the spirit of God. How do you know that? Because verse 10 that nobody ever talks about. He said, but the spirit hath revealed it unto us. Stay with me right here. There is something in our theology that we've got to work on a little bit. And I'm going to make you uncomfortable for just a minute, but stay with me. We have this idea that God saves us strictly to prepare us for the rapture. But do you know that when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus... And he said to him that a man can't see the kingdom of heaven. And he can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless he's born again of water and spirit. This is the only time that Jesus references at all salvific language with heaven. The truth of the matter is, is that most of us in this apostolic age that we live in right now, we get the Holy Ghost, we get baptized in Jesus' name, and we immediately start waiting for God to rapture us. And we spend our time sitting around the church saying, come Lord Jesus, 
Come, Lord Jesus. And when times get tough, we say, come, Lord Jesus. And we sit around all the time waiting on Jesus to come back and get us. And then we'll get excited about heaven and we'll start talking to one another and say, isn't it going to be wonderful? Eyes haven't seen it and ears haven't heard it. But I want to tell you the rest of the story. I'm going to have a wonderful time when I get to heaven. Some of my favorite songs are songs about heaven. Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? I love to sing, won't we have a time when we get over yonder? I love that little bridge chorus we sing. We're going to sing and shout and dance about when we get over yonder. But I want to shift your mind right here just a little bit. And I want to tell you that I'm not waiting on heaven to have a good time. I've heard people talk about what they're going to do when they finally get to heaven and see Jesus face to face. I'm going to run and I'm going to dance and I'm going to shout. But while the preacher's preaching, does he know how late it is? Does he not know that my lunch meat's spoiling? Oh, I can't wait till I get to heaven because I'm going to worship. You ought to get a head start. I said, you ought to get a head start tonight. You ought to get a head start tonight. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to dance. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to shout. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to worship. The angels have been worshiping him for millennia upon millennia. I'm not going to wait. I want the angels tonight to step back and hear the song of the redeemed. I... (laughs) I want to get this to you, so stay with me. Everybody doing good? The prophet, Isaiah, is speaking in the context of what will come. Now, you can start dealing with however you'd like to do it. We could could cut it up dispensationally and and speak of things in that measure, you know. You could look in uh, the patriarchs, and you could see Abraham standing, looking towards the future. Abraham had a prophetic anointing on him and he was looking he was looking for something beyond him when the Lord called him out of earth Chaldees he was looking for a city he was looking for a place but he was walking in blind faith this is so tough for us to understand that nobody ever witnessed to Abraham nobody ever preached to Abraham Nobody ever opened up the scroll and talked to him about anything that had to do with faith. Abraham was raised in a pagan culture where everything was about idolatry. And Abram had to learn for himself. Oh God, I wish somebody would get this. In the middle of pagan idolatry in his culture, he had to learn to discern the voice of God in a world where there were winds blowing everywhere. There was a man who desired to be righteous that heard and discerned 
discerned the voice of God. Yes, even in his own home, his father was a dealer of idols. He would make idols and he would sell idols. But in the midst of idolatry, I'm going to preach it till somebody gets what I'm saying. In the midst of a pagan culture, Abram said, I hear a voice. And the voice said, come out. Oh, God, I could preach that and get hung up for a while. The voice that called Abram is still calling you. I told you some of you might get uncomfortable for a little bit. But in this pagan world of idolatry that we live in right now, that voice is still speaking the same thing to us. Come out. I don't need the gods of this world. I don't need athletes. I don't need pop stars. I don't need singers. I don't need crackhead football players. I don't need crackhead basketball players. I don't need adulterous ball players telling me how to live my life. I hear a voice in the midst of the pagan confusion saying, come out. Can I just tell you, we've let our kids celebrate the things of this world for long enough. It's time for our kids to realize the blessing of being called out. Abram was looking in the direction. And the Lord said to him, if you'll come out, then I'll take you to a city. He said, you come out and I'll show you where. How fair is that? That if God wants me to give some things up, then he's going to have to tell me where I'm going. Then you're not walking by faith. So uh, where are we going? What are we going to do? How long does it take? How do I find it? And the voice said, follow me. Follow me. And Abram stands on the portals of a patriarchal dispensation looking forward. And he said, you know what? It's going to be wonderful someday when I finally lay my eyes on the city that has rivers of milk and flowing with honey. It's going to be a miracle place when I finally see that. But Abram was looking for a city. He was looking in the direction of a city that God was taking him to. And he was looking in the direction of the promise that God had given him but while he was looking forward to the city that Hebrew said was made without the hands of men while he was looking toward that city the Bible said that angels were showing up at his tent door What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying while he's looking for the city whose builder and maker was God, he was also entertaining that city on earth. He was entertaining the wealth of heaven on the earth. Abraham was not called out of her to go to heaven. He was called out of her to walk with God. Enoch did not walk with God so that he would be translated I'm fixing to preach this right here. But he was translated because he walked with God. My God, I could preach a dog out of that right now. You hear what I'm telling you? He didn't follow after him for the reward at the end. He followed after him because the reward was walking with him. 
Something's got to happen in the way that we think. He didn't just save me so I could go to heaven. Everywhere. Man, I I hope I get this in somebody's spirit tonight. You'll know when it hits somebody. We won't have to wonder. Everywhere Jesus went, he would say this statement, the kingdom of heaven, come on, somebody preach it to me, is off in the distance. At hand? Let me ask you something. Would you rather know there's a million dollars in somebody else's bank account or know that there's a million dollars at hand? For God shall supply all your needs according to his riches, which are in glory. Okay? And so people... When they talk about the riches of God, they talk about heaven. God's going to supply all your needs according to his riches. And I've even heard people say, which are in heaven. That word glory has nothing to do with the celestial world. The word in the Greek is doxa. It means the place and habitation of splendor. And glory and power and praise. Have you ever thought about while we're standing around saying, God, I wish you'd send blessings from heaven. I wish you'd send me some of those riches that are from heaven. That the Lord is trying to get us to understand that everything you need is found in the beauty and the glory and the splendor and the majesty and the power. Not of where you're going, but of me coming to where you are. When you begin to worship me. The Bible said that he is enthroned, literally enthroned. He sits upon the praises of his people. And while we're sitting around twiddling our thumbs, saying, hurry up and come, Lord. The Lord is waiting on somebody to begin to worship him and bless him and praise him so that he can dwell. Well, someday... Someday, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to worship for eternity. Folks, I'm going to worship till eternity. <laughs> Me, the other night, we're standing back here and uh, I believe it was me and Sister Doris were talking about that song. I've sang it a few times. Jeremiah Yoakum does it. It says, when I die. Let me die speaking in tongues. Let it ring in my ears. All the songs I've sung. Give me the strength to praise you. And speak your name one more time. And then let your angels carry me over to the other side. I know there's some folks that have an idea of how they're going to dance when they get before the Lord. But I'm saying, Lord, if I don't live until the rapture, my prayer is that the last thing out of my mouth is a praise for the glory of God. I want my life to be filled with the doxa of God right here in this room tonight I know the devil wants us to get distracted but do you understand that the very glory of God is in this room tonight that
majesty, his healing, his authority. Of all the things, we're getting close. I feel it. Some of you are going to start believing what I'm telling you tonight. And I'm not even going to have to push it. It's just going to break in here tonight. Of all the things that the disciples could ask Jesus, they asked him to teach them to pray. Why did they do that? Because they saw him pray. And when he prayed, miracles happened. When he prayed, blind eyes were open. When Jesus prayed, deaf ears were unstopped. When Jesus prayed, stones were rolled away and dead men who, who the Bible said were already stinking came out of the grave. Why did he wait until he was stinking? Because if he would have showed up, it would have been the ministry of extraction and the ministry of prevention. But sometimes God wants you to know that it's not really over until he says it's over. I'm going to preach up in here tonight if it makes every devil in this town mad. I want you to know some of us are praying for the ministry of prevention and the ministry of extraction. But God's saying right in the middle of the greatest test in your life, I'm about to show up and show you my power and show you my glory. (laughs) Teach us, Lord. Teach us how to pray. He said, okay, here's how you should pray. Our Father which art in heaven. And I know we like to just go through that, Brother Snow. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That's true. But don't you move past that first sentence without recognizing what he's saying. Our Father which art in heaven. He, Almighty God, is in heaven and we are not. Come on, tell your neighbor tonight, we had not arrived yet. The first line of this prayer is so powerful because it recognizes who he is and where we are. Our Father, which art, and I'm not. Are you with me? And because you are where you are and you are who you are, I'm going to hallow your name. I need you. I love you. I bless you. I praise you. Jesus didn't say for you to pray these exact words. He said, I want you to pray after this manner. I recognize that I am here and his presence is there. Are you with me? I recognize that where I am, there's trouble. And from where I stand, I don't see the end of it. But he sits high. Oh, God, I feel like preaching on this Sunday night. He sits high and he looks low. The psalmist said that the heavens are his throne. Are you with me? The heavens. Somebody say the heavens. The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. That means that he is sitting in the heavens and the earth is beneath him. His feet are propped on the things where I'm living. I know this is going to be just some rhetorical old-fashioned Pentecostal preaching to somebody, but I need somebody to hear me in this room tonight. He is high and he looks low. The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. Here's what I want you to understand. When you're in it so deep that it's over.
over your head. You need to remember one thing. That he's in heaven and the earth is his footstool. And even when it's over my head, it is still under his feet. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in so deep. And he just sits back and props his feet up and said, let me tell you. I see where you are. I know what you're facing. I know what you're going through. And you've got nothing to worry about. Can I preach to you tonight about a friend that will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He said, lo, I am with you even to the end of the world. I don't think you know how bad it is, Pastor St. Clair. I think you need to go back to the drawing board. And start from ground zero. My father. Who art in heaven. Yeah but I don't really like that. Because it makes him feel a long ways away. No, I don't think you understand. When you say that you're admitting. He is still on the throne. As long as he is seated in the heavens. I can stand in the earth. Hallowed. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. Somebody shout that with me. Hallowed be thy name. I'm thankful it wasn't names. I'm thankful he didn't say hallowed be thy names. Anybody here tonight still believe in Acts 4 and 12? That there's only salvation in one name. What name was he talking about? The same one Isaiah was talking about. In chapter 9 and verse 6. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Do you know when you hallow his name, he can still be the Prince of Peace? He is still the King of Kings. He is still the Lord of Lords. Come on, let's love the Lord together. But this language starts changing immediately. The first part of the Lord's prayer that he's teaching is recognition. Our Father in heaven. You're seated high. You look low. And so hallowed be thy name. And the next words out of his mouth are so fundamentally powerful to what I'm trying to preach to you tonight. He said, thy kingdom come. Don't get too excited on that now. Do you understand the power of his kingdom? Do you understand the power of his kingdom? 
this kind of teaching makes people really uncomfortable, but I'm going to preach to you about his kingdom. I love you, dear lady. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy kingdom come. Well, the power, Bishop, of his kingdom coming is that when his kingdom comes, every other kingdom I'm about to have a Holy Ghost fit up here. I said when his kingdom comes, every other kingdom has to go. Well, you don't know what the devil's been doing to me. Thy kingdom come. The devil's been pushing on me. Thy kingdom come. The enemy's been in my home messing with my family. Okay, then stand up and declare, thy kingdom come. Because when his kingdom comes, every other kingdom has to go. And I feel something here right now. I'm telling you, this is not a normal Sunday night. You write that down in your journal. This is not a normal Sunday night. God's about to do something in this room that somebody will never forget what God does in your life here tonight. There's about to be a release of miracles and signs in here. I feel the Holy Ghost in such a powerful way. Ah. Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom come. And thy will. Folks, I'm not saying this to be rude or cruel or get in anybody's face. But I'm going to tell you, you got to be in a different kind of posture to pray this. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, can pray this. You hear what I'm telling you? You can call yourself a Christian. You ain't ready to pray this until you mature in God a little bit. Because when you start praying, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, just as it is when his kingdom comes, every other kingdom goes. When his will comes, I can't explain to you what I feel tonight, but it's running up and down my legs. I feel like, I feel like I'm drunk in my legs. I, f- I feel like I'm wading through the depths of something in this altar. I literally feel it manifesting in my body. Right, I feel the depths of what God is trying to do. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord say, come on, son. We're going to go a little deeper tonight. We're going to the deep places tonight. But you're not just going to go as a man. I'm not just going to send you to the mountain. But the Lord is calling some people in this church. You've been filled with the same Holy Ghost I've been filled with. You've been baptized in the same name that I've been baptized baptized in. I am not the only one that ought to operate in the gifts of the Spirit in this church. I'm not the only one that ought to pray and intercede in this church. God is calling this precious family into a deeper place where we are not just occupying a pew, but we are literally standing in the manifested presence of God Almighty. Can anybody feel what I'm talking about in here right now? Is it in that corner back there? You feel it? I feel the Holy Ghost in here.
<laughs> I'm telling you, when you tap into the Spirit of God, it changes everything. I don't want to lose you. And I may not even get close to finishing. I haven't even got to where I need to go tonight. But I'm going to tell you, we have biblical precedence that everything changes when the Holy Ghost comes. You understand what I'm saying to you? In Isaiah, the 64th chapter, he said, I haven't seen. And he talks about those that wait on him. Those that are waiting on him. When you get to Acts chapter 1. In verse number 8, the Lord told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. Somebody say wait. He said go and wait. Go and wait. What is it that makes a difference? He was talking about the promise of the Father. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. What is it that makes a difference? It is the power of the Holy Ghost. You cannot be filled with the Spirit of God and be filled with doubt. You cannot be filled with the Spirit of God and be filled with confusion. You cannot be filled with the Spirit of God and be filled with fear. Come on, shall I go a little deeper? You can't be filled with the Holy Ghost and be angry all the time. In Acts, the third chapter, the Bible said that Peter and John, Peter and John came to the gate and there was a man laying there. It was obvious it's not his first day at that gate. They came by there. If you believe anything about the scripture, you need to know this. That Peter and John, that's not the first time they went to that temple. They went to that temple daily. And they continued to do that after 2 and 42. The Bible said they went to the temple daily. Do you know that Peter and John, in my opinion, had walked past this man hundreds of days, if not thousands of days. They had walked by this man that was laying there. But why was it all of a sudden that in Acts 3, they walked up to this man who they had probably thrown a few coins to in the past and said to them silver and gold have I none but such as I are you tracking with me right now why did they do that in the third chapter because they didn't have what they had in the third chapter in the first chapter in the first chapter they were waiting on what they had in the third chapter I want you to imagine this with me if you would. I love teaching this in Bible studies. How many of you believe God made everything? You believe that? Everything. The scripture said visible and invisible. He made it all. Everything that we know and everything we don't know, He made it all. Do you understand that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That a God whom the world can't contain because he made it. That God created heaven and earth. Everything visible. Everything invisible. I'm telling you I feel it in this room right now. That very God, the same spirit of that God comes down into this vessel. You know what blows my mind about this? 
is that we can walk around with that spirit inside of us and drag our lip at the same time. You got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, but man. It'd really help if you knew how bad this was, Lord. Here's the power of what I'm trying to tell you. He doesn't just sit high. He's in me. What, 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 what do you mean he's in you? I'm saying to you, when I walk through the darkness, he is with me. Whoa, I feel that right there. I'm preaching to somebody that's facing insurmountable odds tonight. I'm preaching to somebody that's looking down the barrel of a loaded gun tonight. I'm preaching to somebody that's looking at the deepest trial you have ever walked through. There's a difference now. You're not walking by yourself. There's something so powerful. I, I, I got to get to where I'm going. I'm almost done. Let's not lose this. David said, hey, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death in the, in the 23rd Psalm, he said, I'll fear no evil because thou art with me. Somebody says with me. But do you understand? Abraham could testify that he was with the Lord. Enoch testified that he walked with God. Oh, my. David testified that God was with him. But do you understand that what Isaiah said men can't understand? Their eyes can't see it. And their ears can't hear it. But the Spirit. (laughs) Paul said... They were all looking in the direction of wonder and amazement of saying, how would it feel to know that he who walks with me? Could be within me, but on the other side of Pentecost, we're looking back at prophecies that Joel said, oh, I wish I could be there because in the last days. God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And we're over here on the other side saying, Joel, this is that. What every prophet said was. They all said, I can't imagine. And my eyes can't tell it. And my ears couldn't hear it. But Paul said, the spirit has revealed it unto us. I'm saying to you, everything they wish they could have known, it's been revealed to us. (laughs) 
is something you would not understand until that spirit comes and fills you up. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's about more than just talking in tongues. It is the God of earth and glory inhabiting his his people. I could take you all night. I don't have time to keep going. But the Bible said that when it came to Samson, Brother Elvis Jones, it said that the Spirit of the Lord moved on him at times. Samson could tell you what it felt like for him to move on him. I can tell you what it feels like. For him to move in me. You know what? I I wish somebody would get the courage tonight. To tell the devil. You know who I am? Come on, I'm talking about. It's time to get full grown faith up in here tonight. I feel boldness coming on me right now. I ain't playing patty cakes with you no more. Devil, you ain't playing games with me no more. Do you know who I am? Do you know what's inside of me? Do you know who I belong to? I understand. Brothers, no, I feel something special in here right now. I understand that heaven's going to be glorious. I mean, I don't fully understand, but I understand. I have knowledge that heaven is going to be glorious. But I want you to know that the apostle was not telling us about the glory of heaven. He was talking about the glory of heaven that can invade where we are. Jesus said when you pray I want you to pray that my kingdom would come and that my will would be done not in heaven but in earth as it is in heaven. You need to understand that oh I feel boldness right here. I've come to give an eviction notice tonight to some devils and spirits that have been lying in your ear. I've come to give an eviction notice tonight to some spirits of infirmity in this room. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here right now. Some of you need to quit talking about my cancer and my diabetes and my this and my that. It don't belong to you. And you need to let the devil know tonight it don't belong to you. It ain't your fibromyalgia. God's about to do it in this room right now. I feel boldness coming on me right now. I've come to tell every devil that has talked to your mind tonight. You don't belong to him. He don't have access to your mind. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I feel it moving in here. I feel it stirring in here. I'm not just here for sensationalism tonight. I'm not just here for emotionalism. I'm here to let you know that we can see and we can hear the things that prophets could not see and could not hear.
Oh, God. Man, I wish somebody could see this right now. There are angels filing into this room right now. Angels from heaven. Because the kingdom of heaven is coming to us right now. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost right now. The kingdom of heaven is about to invade this room. And somebody's going somebody's to understand that you don't have to wait till you get heaven to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can have it in here right now, tonight. If you've got his spirit, you've got his presence. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. I'm going to tell you something that's going to mess with you. This thing's about to go. And whatever you do, what, however much you obey is how God's going to do it. Brother McDonald was preaching the other day. And Bishop, he said something. I guess I've thought of it, but I've never thought of it like this. He was preaching about releasing our children to do the work of God. And when he said this, it literally shook me. I felt the presence of God come over me. It was like revelation, you know. Never, never even thought about this. He said, do you understand that when a little 12-year-old gets the Holy Ghost, it's the same Holy Ghost that you have? And we're like, no, you're not old enough yet. You're stupid. Shut your mouth. Ain't nobody going to believe you're just a dumb kid. Can I remind you, oh God, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. Can I remind you that the prophecy that Joel saw and that Peter said, this is that. It was not just about the outpouring of the Spirit, but he said, when the Spirit is poured out, he said, your sons... What are you saying, Pastor? I'm ready for 12-year-olds in this church to get what 50-year-olds have neglected. Well, but I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. That's all right. But God's going to start speaking to somebody that realizes what we have in this world right now. And it may just be a little 10-year-old. But you know what I'm saying tonight to these kids? Go ahead and prophesy. When the Holy Ghost gets on you, go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Our kids, ought to, we ought to be having a move of God in our children's church. There ought to be miracle signs and wonders and children laying hands. Let's lift our hands to the Lord.
I want you to see something in the scripture with me tonight. God's about to release some things in this church. I want you to see with me tonight in the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 3. God's about to release some things in here tonight. I feel it. I say through the grace given to me that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to I want you to notice this. This is another one of those scriptures that's misquoted all the time. People will say that God's given to every man a measure of faith. That is not what the scripture says. It said that God has given to every man the measure. I don't care if you're 15 years old or if you're 65 years old, you have the measure. And I'm not going to wait until I get to heaven to see crippled people dance. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to see cancer healed. But pastor, we prayed and we prayed. That's right. And the will of God has to be done. But just because he doesn't do it one time doesn't mean I'm going to stop believing that he'll do it the next time. I'm believing that we are entering into a dimension where we, before the coming of the Lord, are going to see more physically manifested miracles than we have ever seen in our lives. And hold your thought right there for just a second. And let me tell you, it's going to surprise you how many of them are not going to happen in here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I hope you realize tonight who you are. When we get to heaven, Pastor, it's going to be so wonderful. Yes, it is. But it's going to be wonderful in here tonight. Because God is about to pour something out in this room right now. And you're not going to get it in the shallow end of the water. You're going to get it when you release your faith and say, God, I'm tired of trying to control this. I'm tired of trying to manipulate this. I'm tired of trying to tell you how you're going to move in my life. I'm jumping off in the deep end tonight and I'm saying, God, whatever you want to do in my life, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in me as it is in heaven tonight. Shekado Bahaya. 
Come on, there's a reason why we're not hyping right now. Because I don't want you coming up here out of hype tonight. I want you coming up here because you realize whose kid you are. I want you coming up here tonight because you realize what it is that lives inside of you. By the authority of the Holy Ghost that's within you tonight. By the authority of the Holy Ghost that's within me. Somebody's going to believe it before you leave here tonight. Greater, greater is he. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Woo! Holy Ghost. If you're just getting the Holy Ghost tonight, the same Holy Ghost that's in you is the same Holy Ghost that's been in me. I'm telling you, it gets better every day. It's time to let God work in our lives. It's time to quit telling God how he's going to work and just start letting him work. I feel it trying to break in here right now. Come on, push through your flesh a little bit. I'm not waiting for heaven. You just keep praying, but I'm going to give you a biblical precedent of what I'm saying. I want you to listen to me. This is biblical, what I'm teaching you tonight. The Lord told Peter, He said, I've given you keys to the kingdom. Listen to this language and let this sink into your spirit. God, I feel him here. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. Our concept is when God's ready for it to be bound, he'll bind it in heaven. But the Lord told Peter, he said, when you bind it on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. When you start walking in kingdom authority, I'm te- God, I feel it up and down my spine right now. When you realize what keys have been handed to us, it is keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever we bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. In the name of Jesus tonight, I, I bind every spirit of infirmity. I bind every spirit of sickness in this room. And I loose a spirit of healing in this house. I, oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I bind every spirit of fear and I loose a spirit of joy in the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, somebody prophesy over your mind right now. I bind this confusion and I loose clarity in the name of Jesus. I dare you tonight. <laughs> Come on, speak to that darkness that's been surrounding you in the middle of the night. I bind every spirit of darkness. And upon the authority of the Holy Ghost that's within me, I loose the light of God to shine in my home.
I need somebody to get bold and pray some big prayers with pastor tonight. Because we are going to bind up tonight the spirits of addiction that are running rampant in the streets of Anderson and Madison County. I know you may not think it makes a difference, but I'm telling you, Jesus told Peter that when you start speaking the language in the earth, then heaven is going to release the word from heaven. I bind in the name of Jesus. This demonic spirit of witchcraft and addiction. All of this drug addiction. In the name of Jesus. I pray tonight God. That you would move people out of those houses. And that their meth labs would explode. And they wouldn't be able to afford to use them again. I pray in the name of Jesus. That every drug dealer. That tries to come into the city limits of Anderson. That their car would break down. Or that there would be a roadblock. Or that the angel of the Lord would break Block them and they would not be welcomed here. I command it to cease. I command it to stop. I bind this addiction in my mission field and I lose healing in the name of Jesus. I lose victory in the name of Jesus. I bind hopelessness and I release hope. Come on. I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. I need about 12 soldiers. I need about 12 soldiers that are willing to go to war with me tonight. Come stand right here. Come on. You ain't lip-wristed. You ain't jelly-backed. You're a believer tonight that if God's word says it, you can have it. Come on, warrior. I didn't say people think you're a warrior. I said you know you're a warrior. Come on, I'm going to wait. Come on, soldiers. We're getting ready to do something in just a minute. All right, are y'all ready? I'll tell you what I feel tonight in the Holy Ghost. Woo! God, I feel it up in here right now. We're getting ready to let the prayers of the saints take care of what we've been waiting on our poor police officers to take care of. We're waiting on drug task force to take care of it. And the Holy Ghost is saying, all right, army, where are you? Pastor, do you not, do you not believe in programs? Yeah, I believe in programs. I believe that programs work. But I'm going to tell you, I believe the blood works. All right, Lord. Okay, if you're a soldier, we're going to take this to another level. If you're a soldier and you've been set free from drug addiction in your life, I want you to come stand by me on this platform right here. If God has set you free from drugs, I want you to come stand up here. Come on, stand up here. Come on, God's going to use you, John. You hear me? God's not finished with you, buddy. Come on, we ain't done yet. If you've been set, 
God, I'm telling you, I feel the angels staring. I'm going to give you one more chance tonight to put your pride down. If God delivered you from drug abuse, I want you to come because you're about to join. You just think SEAL Team 6 is bad news, brother. a time in your life you didn't ever know if you were going to stop being a drunk but tonight you're here I want you to come come on if you know you were addicted come on he said round two come on if you were bound by addiction to alcohol I wish y'all could see the angels that have walked in this room in the last few minutes. <laughs> I feel wild right now. If you're in this place tonight and your mother and your father were addicts, but you have broken that curse in your family, I want you to come. Come on. There's plenty of room up here. Y'all just come on up. Why are you doing this, Pastor? Because there are kids in our cities tonight that feel hopeless. Every day they go home from school, their parents are laying in the corner with a needle hanging out of their arm. And I'm saying, God, I feel this coming out of me right now. I'm saying we've been reaching for their mother and daddy. But if we don't get them, God's going to send their kids to PCA. And we're going to win their kids through this school. And we're going to win their kids through our youth group. And we're going to break that curse in this city. Come on, God's trying to change somebody's decision-making process here right now. You hear me? I'm in the Holy Ghost. God's given somebody a chance to turn back from a decision you were about to make in this room right now. You better hear the voice of God in this room. Is there anybody on this platform right now that feels shame? Anybody? No? Anybody up here feels condemnation? You know why? Because you're standing on this side of freedom. I say unto thee that God has given you keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on this, you're fixing to feel it. Come on, I'm telling you. 
whatsoever you bind on this platform is going to be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on this platform is going to be loosed in heaven I want you right now to begin to lift your hands on this platform and pray an army of God I want you to begin to lift your hands and pray we're not bragging about where we've been we're not meddling in our past tonight but we're declaring that if God did it for me God can do it for this city and God is going to break this come on open up your mouth and pray you're giving marching orders tonight to the powers of darkness you're telling the devil tonight he is done with your children he is done with your family come on soldiers God's raising up some generals in here tonight Come on. I'm talking about big prayers right now. I'm talking about big prayers right now. This homeless epidemic in Anderson, Indiana is coming to an end right now. In the name of Jesus, there is a change of seasons coming. In the name of the Lord Jesus, this drug addiction epidemic is breaking in the name of the Lord. Now let me tell you the problem when we start praying like this, you better get ready. Because God's going to start letting people cross your paths. That at one point you would have walked right on by them and said, I don't have time for you today. But God's going to sit you in a booth at a McDonald's or in a restaurant somewhere. And they're going to come sit down right by you. And you're going to open up your mouth. And you're going to declare the works of the Lord. And you're going to lay hands on them. And chains of addiction are going to break right then and right Right there. Somebody needs to tell the devil, this ain't no halfway house. This is a full way house where you may walk in here addicted, but you leave set free. Let's give God praise. Come on, let's give God praise. God, I release it tonight as the shepherd of this church on these people. I release boldness and the Holy Ghost on them. God, I'm asking you to release an army in this church. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that we would never be satisfied to sit on a church pew again and wait for heaven. But God, we would open up our mouth and boldly declare and make known the mystery of the gospel for which we are ambassadors. That we will walk through the streets of our city and this county and this region with the armor of the Lord. And we will see chains break. And we will see lives set free in the name of Jesus. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to pray one more prayer tonight. Now that you're all here and you got the power of the Holy Ghost working. To all that have joined us online, we appreciate you joining us tonight. And we're going to end our broadcast right here because we're getting ready to pray a specific prayer. My family and I have been praying this. And I want you all to join with me. We're going to pray. Are we good?